so welcome back to three mfa's uh <laughs> i don't have anything fuck i'm so tired it's me it's your favorite fat bald hobbit caleb Yay, with my caleb. two friends don't shake your head at me uh, it just immediately brings me back to that story every time and makes me feel bad can we tell this story go ahead oh my god absolutely yes. you can tell okay. the story. I think that's a great way to start the podcast no, you have to sell it from your perspective. It's so much funnier when you do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, first, okay, before we get into the story, first off, welcome to 3MFA's podcast. Um, uh, I'm Brandon. I'm here with Josh and Caleb. And, uh, yeah, I yeah, guess, yeah, come on. All right, real quick, here's the story. So, uh, me, Josh, <laughs> and Caleb, we all went to uh, ASDS together, the Actors Studio Drama School. And I think it was our first week, maybe our second week, and we're all getting to know each other. You know, it's a pretty vulnerable place. Uh, everybody is a little awkward. Nobody knows what the hell's going on. We're all trying to figure it out. And we're doing a, I don't know, something in class where you have to go up and read a quote that you've picked and brought in. And we're just going one by one. And I'm sitting beside Caleb. And it's Caleb's turn. And he goes to get up. And there's a chair in front of him. And I go, hop it. But at the time... I had done zero voice work. So everything I said sounded like Hobbit. <laughs> and Caleb looks at me bewildered. The rest <laughs> of the class is looking at me like I am a monster. And I look at Caleb again and I go, Hobbit. <laughs> again, because for me, I'm trying to tell him to time. hop over the chair in front of him because there's nobody sitting in it. I still have no notion of what the hell's happening. <laughs> and then yeah. Caleb finally gets up. And, and then after I realized, and I felt like such a fucking dick, so I went to talk to you after immediately, but it was one of those miscommunications that I never, um, I never well, got to like live from, down. For my, from my perspective, this person who I have just literally just met <laughs> and I'm like trying to get over this chair and I just hear Hobbit. And like, it wasn't me. It was like everyone around yeah. was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you said it again. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, he really wants me to know what he thinks. <laughs> it was, it was so bad. It was so bad. And like the, and it, like the immediate thought of everybody in the class was like, oh, this guy is the absolute biggest piece of shit in the world. <laughs> and all it is, is that thick. Toronto that accent. Canadian accent. It was an, um, an insane amount of mumbling, and uh, it just—it just was a wonderful like. I, you know, I was like, oh, so there's bullies in grad school too. Got it, great. <laughs> no, but it was obviously very, very, like, very quickly ended up being a non-issue. Like, it, we worked. It oh out yeah, well, like a bit. There was a, I think there was a break like right after because the teacher yeah, at the time. You're like, I hey, think man, just so you know. <laughs> what did you hear? immediately ran up to you and i was like i was trying to tell you to hop over the chair <laughs> hop oh, <yeah>. it. <laughs> meanwhile i'm holding back tears so i'm like no yes okay <laughs> that was such an like an awkward first like orientation was just mm-hmm. weird you go they kind of dress yeah. up whatever it's like you're meeting everybody i remember meeting the directors for the first time and there's only four of us right so it's like a really small group and you know it's like who would have thought three years later you know like what people we became you know yeah. kind of like that first yeah, always weird. in that moment, I would not have guessed that we would have been become friends. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad that it worked out the way it did. Yes, but me too. I was like, oh, fuck this guy forever. It's super like, hard. Again, again, had that been what I said, 100%, that's a very fair reaction. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, that yeah. dude. <laughs> 
I think um, at the time I was just trying to be a good friend and telling you to yeah, hop over the chair. Just hop over the chair. Yeah, you don't have to. I was like, in my mind, it was like, around it. you you can do it, man. Yeah, you were encouraging me. <laughs> exactly. But then I was like, why did he just demean me publicly? We just oh, met. It's terrible. Anyway, terrible. sorry. That's my one of my favorite stories. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing okay. Now I'm in a much <laughs> nostalgia um, yeah. for fucking four years ago. No, I'm doing all right. Yeah, doing good. Had a had a, a reading for a short film the other day written by Mr. Caleb here, and I'm very excited about it. So we're filming that yeah. in a uh, few weeks, I think. I'm bummed that uh, I don't get to be there. But I know, fucking not, pandemic. Not <laughs> Canada said, no, thank you. <laughs> no, uh, no immigrants. USA, the America's still in timeout. Yeah, we're still it's, in timeout. I mean, it's, it's uh, well, one, like, numbers are going up here, so we're kind of entering a second wave, it looks like, so things are going to start getting shut down. But uh, there's, like, a new news story every day of Americans in Canada getting fined, like, $100,000 for not quarantining. Yeah, I and I love, you know, I've been to a couple different places in Canada. I visited Toronto um, and Montreal, um, and I like it a lot, <laughs> but it's not worth $100,000. Or also just, like quarantine for two weeks you can just chill yeah that's that's also true yeah, like, if you, yeah plan you on making like knowing that you have to stay put for two weeks when you go to on a trip yeah exactly yeah. exactly same thing here no in new brain. york like technically there's states that you have to quarantine but it's so hard to kind of like no manage that i it's it's weird and now california's on fire so it's just kind of like you know it just that it's, is it's hard that you know? the the visuals from that are wild absolutely wild yeah, they like look it. like fucking Blade Runner. Like it looks horrible. <laughs> that's a, by the way, that's exactly what I imagine Birdsong looking like. Yeah, right. Definitely, so, definitely. Um, Post-apocalyptic. Yes. Post-apocalyptic. Also, um, insane that that was started by a um, gender reveal. Gender reveal. Jesus Christ, oh, dude! Come on, it's guys. horrible. But God. like the memes coming out of this, like are <laughs> fucking fantastic. Like oh, the, it's... <laughs> the meteor that killed the dinosaurs, and it's like the text, like it's a boy on it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love memes. I love the internet. I don't know what I would do in all this shit if I didn't have memes to like take the piss out of everything. And you <laughs> yeah, know, you gotta like, you gotta laugh at it. Gotta, you know what I mean? That's how you, how you survive. Like um, I've I you know same boat. You know, still applying for jobs and things like that. Oh, yeah. Um, it's funny. I applied for a job yesterday for a puppy handler like a puppy nice. dog place Aww. and i was like i was like super excited i filled out the application and then i read the reviews and it's like this place do it for the dogs but the owner is a psycho oh. and she like micromanages watches the camera you have to, like it's just one of those things where it's like oh, I don't, i'm not gonna deal with that shit <laughs> but like the dogs and then ryan and i went to the liquor store last night we saw a, had to have been like a couple month old like french bulldog puppy in the liquor store looking up at us and i'm just like uh but no it's good brandon i'm on uh season three of community yes watching okay and how was season two is it not the best it's it's been really good i've I've chuckled a lot more during season three and i think it's because i'm finally getting used to everybody but i wanted i talked to caleb a little bit before this about dan hartman okay the writer of it and i can because i saw rick and morty first and like how he kind of takes pit shots at situations and people <laughs> and like genres and things like that. I'm now getting better at guessing what they're making fun of for that episode. Like we just watched the civil what? war documentary one. Oh with my and God. Blanket that is... sports. And the idea that you can just completely rip off a style of 
uh, documentary or filmmaking and like completely apply it to a sitcom. I think it's great. And like I mean, do that for, differently every episode. You know what I mean? That's, that's like, the thing for you watching it as a director. It's a different, completely different directorial take every episode with a similar, like with a, a character through line, you know, yeah. it, to do genre episodes is remarkable. You know, I that's think what it's great. And so like completely. And then like, I saw the apocalypse now, heart to darkness, uh, one with, uh, they do a, like they're making a Greendale commercial. Oh and yeah. The, yes. the dean goes crazy and he like even does like the black face paint and even says the horror at the end. It's just it's incredible. it's it's Donald great. Glover uh, being like, Stop saying I'm different <laughs> cracks me up every time. It, it, Donald Donald is doing great. I and I love his like the building of his their characters. So like Dude, uh, Troy and I've been watching that are, what's that? The, Troy and Abed are, are just Troy and phenomenal. Abed. I mean they're I mean, the core a little bit. And um so yeah, so like we've we've been doing good. It's had a little bit of a rough weekend, a little bit because we had to get Ryan's car towed. But I mean, that's just kind of one of those things, and we're still waiting for them to look at it. But other than yeah, that, you know, fun. I got the news yesterday that New York City said they can open up indoor dining and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that September thirtieth. Saw that. Oh wait, I wanted to ask you. Um, so where did you watch Community on Netflix? Okay, so did you see the Dungeons and Dragons episode, or is it pulled off Netflix in the states? There was no Dungeons and Dragons episode. Okay, so it was might it in be the, the, is it in the first three seasons. It's in the second season. Yeah, so uh, oh, I yeah, would no, implore you it. to go find it online. It's been pulled um, because it's been pulled for blackface, but it's Chang. And right. they're playing Dungeons and Dragons, and he's oh a yeah, you said dark this. Yeah, elf. he's like a dark elf. So it's like yeah. I get it, I I get it, but uh, whatever. Um, it's but it's a phenomenal episode, and it's like follows Fat Neil, and they're uh, he's like gonna he's suicidal, then he's really in Dungeons and Dragons, so they start playing. It's it's an absolutely phenomenal episode, and I, I would implore you to go 100%. watch it. Yeah, it's one of the best. Yeah, ones. I look, I look forward to trying to find it. Yeah, I but, mean, it, it shouldn't be too hard to find. I mean, it only got pulled recently, right? So yeah. Um, Caleb, you know, you got some news for us. What He's got we, a list. What do we got? I just like, uh, so much happened. Um, so many things came out on September 4th, specifically. Uh, number one being the movie, uh, that we're going to devote most of the discussion to a little later. Um, so we'll skip that for now. But, uh, there were two other releases on September 4th. Uh, one of them being the first batch of episodes for the new season of The Boys. Oh, how many did they drop? Three. Three, okay. Uh, with And I think it's another it's another eight-episode season, and the rest of the other five are being released weekly now, every Friday. Yeah, so I saw that. That's why I was a little confused. Oh, cool. um, I, are you guys... You watched The Boys? Yes. I the watched, watched? No, no, I watched the first season. I absolutely loved it. I haven't started the new season. But I'm yeah. I'm going to. I mean, I might wait for them all to come out because I do love it. So like, I'm gonna rip through it. Um, well, see, that's the thing is like people. There's huge backlash to like this season. How Amazon's releasing it. Oh, like they're okay. like, why isn't it all released at once? I want to binge it. Ah, uh, and it's just like it's kind of embarrassing. Like it's like just grow up. Yeah, but or just I like actually pref- wait the four weeks, binge a bunch of other shit. <laughs> like, yeah, wait the four weeks if that's you know if that's how you prefer to consume media, yeah. um, that's fine. But I actually kind of like that they did it this way because it it's so it's like three episodes at once, mm-hmm. so it's like you're watching a long movie if you want to binge all of that, right? right. 
uh, the way that episode three ends, it's like you're satisfied, like not like a cliffhanger exactly, but like all of the characters, like their goals for the season have been established. There's places to go. There's like rooms for the story to grow. Uh, it, it, I didn't like sit in a fucking room for eight hours. Just like, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was like, Oh, like I can like think about this and like have fun predicting well, where the story is going to go and like digest what I just saw. Yeah, I mean, and even, even how you put it there, right? It's, it's eight episodes. They put out three. I mean, so they put out the, the first act of the second season, yeah. you know what I mean? Which sounds exactly. like such a good way to do it. Which I, I like that better than when they've been doing the, um, like when Netflix puts out a half and half season. Where you get like part A mm-hmm. before Christmas and then you get part B, you know, in, in the spring, which it, it just it's always a weird cutting point in the middle. You yeah, know, I, I totally hear you about that. Um, but Josh, yeah. Do you know the boys? I saw the first few episodes of the first season. Yeah, well, I think I, it's fucking great. I think the last it? episode I watched was the guy being tortured. who was like invisible or something like that Translucent. Yeah, <laughs> so good. and then and then for whatever reason it was one of those things where we watched a few episodes and then went off on our ways and we never sat down because we were watching this like a household you know right. my roommates and right oh uh, yeah so like we never got around so because I, I mean i literally the thing was like the, these binging tv shows i do enjoy watching them with people right experiencing with people and right. so like there there are very seldom tv shows that i'll sit down and watch by myself because i do enjoy watching it with ryan or you know if we we start something together i'm gonna want to finish it together right and so it's just really hard to schedule and then it becomes that whole thing of like, like community i watched the first season of community and then i was like no shit ryan would like this so i stopped and waited for ryan so well that's also so if, I've, not, I've yet to get with the boys that's also like well, a great show to binge through <laughs> i would recommend that you catch back up with it i i okay. i love it because <laughs> i it's like it's kind of being billed as like a superhero show for people who are tired of superheroes and superhero shows it's very dark it's very cynical um but it's like a satire about like you know specifically on a surface level like the dc cinematic universe you know it's it's essentially like if justice league were assholes yeah um but you know it's a commentary on like consumerist culture and like the corporatization of and the commodification of like personality and identity and like it's you know Essentially, yeah, that's, like if these superheroes were real, they would be brands like celebrities. Yeah. Right. And, and that's not and even like greedy. a metaphor. That is exactly the like, you know what I mean? Like it's upfront with the show. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's really smart and it's very well done. But in addition to just being like a good satire, it also is telling its own story. Mm-hmm. That is very compelling. Like all of the characters are very real. Uh, you care. They're likable for the most part, like except for the ones you're not supposed to like. But like also all of the acting is great. Like. The guy they got to be the Superman character is legitimately one of the best actors. That's it's an it's such an incredible. Yeah, I was actually just believe I was reading an article about how he didn't want to play the character originally. Yeah, Yeah. I I think that would have been a shame. Oh, it's like unreal. Yeah, it's 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 phenomenal. And he's I I I didn't know I had never seen him before or not that I can remember seeing him in anything. But I mean, he's a superstar in that show. Like the Homelander is a wild character. That's it. Yeah, Homelander, uh, Carl Urban. It's great. It's, it's fucking a fucking man. He's the fucking man. Um, the, what's his name? The kid who plays Huey is great. Yeah. Uh, also, Jack Quaid. Yeah, when you first see him, and I didn't know, you know, it was Jack Quaid, I'm like, why do you look so familiar? And I've definitely never seen you in anything. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's why. Well, okay. Exactly like Dennis Quaid. That's all that um, is why. <laughs> or Randy Quaid, whoever it is. Yeah, I, I, now, that I'm, now that we're talking about this, I feel like we have mentioned this before on the cast. 
Uh, we've had this conversation before. Yeah. But, but. Uh, the new season's great so far. I think it's awesome. Uh, it's so fucked up. It's so twisted. And it's <laughs> hilarious. Um, I, yeah, I would recommend Josh, you, uh, you catching back. Oh, up. you definitely. Um, it's a really good yeah, one. Watch the boys. Now it's on Amazon prime and people are like, it's kind of ironic that Amazon, like fucking Amazon is making like an anti-consumerism capitalist I'm on. show, <laughs> I'm but, on. uh, you know, whatever it's, yeah, uh, it's the show exists and whoever makes it, I'm glad that it's getting made. Um, so that um, was one thing. A good thing. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. What were you going to say? <laughs> oh, nothing. Uh, another, there was another movie that came out on the fourth. Um, that might be a little bit of a harder sell, but I think it might be my favorite movie of the year so far. Uh, it's a documentary called feels good, man. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer. Uh, it's about the meme. It's about Pepe the frog. Okay. Uh, and, and how it started out as this really like, innocent like funny comic cartoon by this independent artist living in i believe oregon or california or seattle um and it and how it it ended up getting co-opted by the alt-right and used as a propaganda tool uh in the 2016 u.s election to elect donald trump as the president and it delves into that whole journey where you meet the artist you you get to know him uh and you get to know like all of these like you know create like independent creators like uh independent famous comic writers, uh, the people from Bojack Horseman, like they all are like, yeah, like this guy's great. He's a, he's a great guy, huge inspiration. And uh, when we saw Nazis use his comic, we were like, what the fuck, Matt, what are you doing? And he was like, no, it's not, I don't know. It's not me. And and it's so, it's just such an interesting conversation because like, you don't really own anything anymore. Like because of the internet, like it's so difficult to claim ownership of an idea. And that, and that's like a huge identity or like a huge um, conversation that this documentary kind of delves into is like, he's like, yeah, this is my intellectual property, but it's been transformed by internet mm-hmm. culture to mean this other thing. And he goes through this legal battle against Alex Jones uh, from Infowars <laughs> to try to like Classic. reclaim his, his IP. Um, and it goes into, you know, the, they interview these like fucking scumbags from the Trump campaign that are like, yeah, we like used the internet to help him get elected. Like, here's how we did it. I just found it to be so fascinating um well and, and you know when you inject alex jones into anything it's automatically insane so that is yeah. entertaining for sure <laughs> um i just think it's a great it's such an interesting story and uh you know it talks about 4chan it talks about the internet and how like kind of like the alt-right took advantage of that but visually because it's a documentary like and it's about a cartoonist they have like animations to explain all oh, this stuff cool. and to show this stuff and it's so it's such a cool way to do that um, it's honestly, I think like it's becoming quickly one of my like favorite documentaries Interesting. ever. I I think it's awesome. Is it is it a movie or is it a limited series? It's a film. It's a it's a, a ninety minute film. Okay, cool. It's yeah. very hard these days to find documentaries that aren't limited series. Yeah, I, yeah, I know what that you aren't mean. eight episodes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Tiger King. Um, <laughs> <laughs> last, last Tiger King's the best thing ever. No, I'm just kidding. It sucks or it's great. Uh, I don't but, know. Sorry, but, Brandon, Caleb. You- the way you were talking about that. Uh, the documentary and especially like the animation being um you know thrown into it reminded me of have you guys watched any of midnight gospel i have seen a little bit of it i i didn't know what it was going into it and i think i had weird expectations about it i I, it's not something that i was compelled to watch all the way through but i think it's a cool idea for sure yeah and, and that's the thing so like the to josh if you haven't seen it to explain the idea it's um it's and I might be mistaken, but it is seemingly taken 
clips or newly recorded podcasts that Duncan Trussell does with guests and then turning them into episodes of cartoons following this character that jumps into different like realities and simulations. Um, yeah. I think that it's a great idea. It's really interesting. I don't think it was ex- for me. I don't think it was executed all that well, because what, what happens is you have this like frame narrative that they're trying to set up of right. like this character who like goes around to different realities or planets uh, to essentially interview people for his space cast. They call it a space cast. Right. But so, but then like, yeah, it is taken from existing conversations from the actual real life podcast that he has. So there's like a disconnect where like things are happening on screen, but don't really have anything to do with the conversation that's being right. had. And so for me, I didn't like, I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't really understand that. I, I don't really connect with it, but, but it, it is a cool experiment. And I know that other people like it more than me. Yeah. And, and I find that it's even for me, like I, I think I've watched half the episodes and half of them like blew my mind and I found really interesting. And then half of them, I was just like, I'm on my phone and doing whatever, you know? So it's like, yeah. it is, it's kind of like any other podcast in the way of, if you're interested in what they're talking about, if that subject is grasped onto you, then you're going to be in for it. And, and I mean, they're very elegant. He, you know, a lot of beautiful ideas and notions in it, but yeah, it's just a, a very, very interesting idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that more people are starting to, not that this is a necessarily a new thing, but like Midnight Gospel, this documentary I'm talking about, which again is called Feels Good Man. Where's, um, where's that at? Um, so I got it, I rented it off of the Alamo Drafthouse website. Okay. Um, and I think you can rent it off of like, I think you can rent it off of like places like Amazon. And I, I highly sure recommend you guys watch it. I think, yeah. it, I think it's so good. Um genuinely might be my favorite movie of the year so far uh yeah but um yeah animation's amazing sorry uh i know we're <laughs> we're we're taking up a lot of time but there's just two more things really quickly so we all watched the dune trailer the and i just want to make sure we talk about it the big, uh josh because brandon and i so brandon and i have both read the book i i think have you also seen the david lynch not film? yet not yet okay, i have so to tell my I've list i gotta that. watch it i gotta watch it yeah, we should do that for the cast. Oh, uh, yeah. Fuck yes. <laughs> but Josh, so you had no idea about anything Dune. So I want to know right. what you thought of this trailer. <laughs> I thought I thought the trailer looked great. It, I, right. mean, I thought some of the visuals with the ships and the clouds and the, the costumes were interesting. Um, I'm getting kind of like some sort of space thing with the thing, you know, or like kind of Mad Max kind of deserty. Like something is they have to have the air things in the nose. Uh Obviously, you get some magic. You get some whatever going on. I th- I thought it was interesting. I thought it was a. It's gonna be what Dark Tower wanted to be in terms of tone <laughs> and like uh, style. I would say that's funny. Yeah, actually, no. I would. I would actually like thinking of kind of the visual aspect of Dark Tower. Yeah. And the visual aspect of this trailer, I kind of get like yeah. uh, uh, that kind of universe. Um. Dune, obviously, like there's like that whole tremor monster. <laughs> I was expecting Kevin Bacon to come Which out and so crazy because truck. obviously the sandworms were first, <laughs> right, right? But Josh was like, "Oh, tremors!" Yeah, <laughs> like you know. So it's so funny that that was like he's like, "Oh, you know." Fair, tremors is fucking fantastic. <laughs> I, I, like, tre- I like tremors just fine. But it's like, so but, fun. 
I my my only guess because I watched it with Caleb and Caleb never suggests watching trailers. He does, you know, he's always like, I want to see the movie. I don't want to be like influenced. But he's like, no, we should watch this trailer. I was like, oh, interesting, okay. <laughs> and so I watched it. In my thing, you know how a lot of trailers sometimes now, yeah, give you know, it's like the back in the act. day with like Big Night. The trailer was essentially a scene from the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Metropolitan, nineteen ninety. Essentially, a scene from the movie was the trailer. Mm. For like this trailer, I'm always worried that they're gonna just put everything in that fucking trailer. So like, what is there to like see? And so my question to you guys is that watching the trailer. Is there open? Is there the ability to like? Is there a lot going on that I don't know about that has piqued my interest? That yes, you know, oh, what, I, what I'll say yeah. about what made this trailer good to me, Jason Momoa. There, this no, <laughs> uh, though I do have a. I, I do think the casting is a little whatever, but well, that's we'll get into that in a second. But what I think the trailer did excellently, visually, I think it looks it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. I immediately understand the tone that they're going for, which I think it was, is the right tone for this story. Um, this is a very anticipated project, like from people who love the book, people who have seen the movie and like either like it or don't like it. This is, this is big. And I think they showed everything that they had to, to reassure people who had doubts about this movie. Like they had to show the sandworm at the end. I knew that's what they were going to close on. And it looked great. Yeah, um, that we got a glimpse of how combat is going to work when uh, Chalamet is like sparring with Brolin. Yeah, that looks um, fucking phenomenal. You got Rebecca Ferguson uh, being fucking creepy and weird, uh, and she's one of a great actress. I, I I did laugh just because Seven has been memed to death <laughs> when uh, when Timothy Chalamet goes, "What's in the box?" It just made me laugh because like. You can't have that without thinking of yeah. Brad Pitt. And, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. But uh, but overall, I think that it hand, you know everything was handled really well. And um, I I don't know, Brandon. What about you? Yeah, no, I think that's a really really perfect way to put it. Um, and even that where you're watching it and you're like, oh, there's that scene from the book. Oh, there's that scene from the mm-hmm. book. Like that that exact scene with you know him with the box is a very prominent scene early on in the book. And just to see it, it very very much built confidence going into watching this movie as a fan just in that you're like oh that it looks like a one-to-one adaption you know like, as much oh, as you possibly can. as much as you possibly can <laughs> it's like yeah we want to be as close to the source material as real as we can um the big thing for me though and we've talked about this a little bit um i think timothy chalamet is perfect for this role the the book is very much framed all based around how he thinks, right? How the kid thinks, how he is able to process things, and then a bunch of other stuff that comes with that. Um, and you could see that in the trailer with what Chalamet's doing. And I think that's, I mean, that's one of the things that this whole movie is going to hinge on. Uh, like Ender's I Game. Mean, yeah. You remember Ender's Game when it came out? I don't know if you ever read the book before. I, I, I didn't see it. So that was a book that it works as well as it does because you get Ender's perspective from everything. And so you're following him as he's thinking. And that's what makes yep. him remarkable, which is a big part of Dune as well. Um, How big is the book? What? Uh, the only Dune? reason I ask that is like, is it going to be like a two part thing or is it just going to be the one? Well, Dune, oh, the book Dune itself is, is two parts. Also, that's the thing. But Dune, all the- Dune, like the first book is two parts. Do you think they're going to put... <laughs> Well, like, no, they, they, they already it? have. Like, they have a TV series also greenlit. Do they really? Um, oh, 
Yeah, and I think also a sequels. I I don't remember exactly how they're breaking it down, or I and I don't know what that means for like the movie's going to cover X amount. The show's going to do this, but I know that there is this Dune film, and then also a TV show, and they're both being made by Denis Villeneuve, the, really? the director. Wow, uh, that's he's, amazing. He is one of my favorite contemporary directors. Like, ne- hasn't missed. Like, yeah. Yeah. From, since t- Ansan D, Prisoners, Enemy, Sicario, Arrival. You guys know how much I love Arrival. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, he did the Blade Runner sequel, and it crushed. No, like he he did the new Blade Runner movie, and I was like, why the fuck are they making a sequel to Blade Runner? But it was amazing. It was awesome. So I have complete faith in him as like an artist, and I'm so excited to see his take on this world. Yeah, and and I mean that's I think that was the the feeling that I got with the trailer. I, I it's it was. Yeah. Not the same feeling as the Batman trailer because that was like a whole different wild thing, and we've seen that so many times. So it was cool that the bat that what they're doing with the Batman is so different. This was the opposite. This was like yes, right down the middle in the best way. Nailed it. Reverse Dark Tower. Reverse Dark Tower. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I'm I'm definitely intrigued by it for sure. I won't probably read the book before it comes out, but I'm sure Ryan has a copy of it. He has probably. a copy. Ryan already says he has a copy of the '76. Uh, version the um, first tune of the Lynch adaptation. Yeah, Lynch. that movie's. So maybe I'll I like that movie, but it's not. Uh, you know. Well, let's maybe we can time it out as a podcast. Yeah, before that'd be I would great. love to movie. That'd be great. I would love to. But boys, um, yes. Speaking of uh, book adaptations made into great films, I think we have a discussion we got to get started on pretty soon. Oh yeah, is that is it about time? I think it's about time. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick pause and then we are going to go into the live section of our podcast where we are talking about... I'm thinking of ending things. No, Caleb, it's not... Oh, just kidding. I'm thinking of ending things. I was going to make a joke on comforting Caleb. It's not worth it. Oh. Stay alive. Oh, that's uh, that's a dark bit. Dark. That's a dark (laughs) bit. Sorry. I'm into it, though. We're going to take a break while we clean up Caleb's suicide. Welcome back uh, to our live section of Dream Affairs podcast. Today we'll be talking, I'm thinking of ending things. It's a Netflix movie that just came out last a week Friday. Ago. A yeah. week ago. September 4th. Caleb, you want to give us a little lowdown? Written, directed by the man, the myth, the legend, Charlie Kaufman, uh, responsible for mm-hmm. being John Malkovich, Eternal Sunshine, uh, Adaptation. Uh, he also directed... Synecdoche, New York, and Anomalisa, which are incredible films. Uh, this is an adaptation of a novel by Ian Reed, Canadian author, and uh, is completely insane. Bananas. I loved it. I want to know what you guys thought, because I had I've read the book, so I kind of have a baseline understanding of what was going on, but I really want to know your guys' thoughts. I can... I, I will go. My initial thought was WTF, mate. Um, I've never seen Being John Malkovich. Uh, after doing some reading and some research about it, kind of Charlie Kaufman movies, I get it now with the whole, you know, he kind of goes more like dealing with human psyche, male psyche, and things like that. And I get it. I just don't, at some point, I don't understand some of the vehicles that he used or why. 
but I also never read the book. So I have no kind of base for to go off of just the experience itself. I thought it looked great. I thought some of the performances were fantastic. Love the parents. Um, <laughs> but it was it was I kind of had to scratch my head during most of it, actually. And that's okay. Me. Well, I, I'm very interested to hear your thoughts just uh, specifically as a director and how a lot of it was shot and, um, you know, the it just being so loose. Yeah, I mean, loose is an interesting term for it. I would say, I mean, okay, what's interesting, uh, if we can just go right into it. First, I want to apologize last week. I totally thought that Tony was Famke, Famke. I get the actresses, the actress who played what? Jean Grey in X-Men of 2000. Famke Jansen? Yeah, I get her confused with Tony, who played the mom, Tony Collette, <laughs> who was also in Knives Out. And I want to just apologize that that was my bad. But Luke, Professor Lupin's in it, so I love that. Um, yeah, they were both they were both fantastic and obviously having like seemingly having a great time. I don't know about you guys, but if you've ever taken a road trip in a snowstorm, mm-hmm. there's not a lot to do. I'm like, from Toronto. It's true. <laughs> Uh, but I feel like coming from Iowa, it's like that two hour drive back to college, you know, um, in December from winter break in January. And like the, like having two of the characters for a half hour, essentially sit in a car and just talk about however their stream of consciousness, like what, you know, and it was for me. It was like, oh god, Jesus, get somewhere. But like, when you're when you're in the dark, especially at night, and you're driving through a like snow a snowstorm, like you can't see anything, and it, it kind of does feel like you're in this kind of suspended reality type of thing. You know what I mean? Like, it. it but like tonally, and like, I think Charlie did a fantastic job in that. I'm, I'm assuming that I felt exactly what I needed to feel at the exact moments that I needed to feel them <laughs> throughout the entire movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But some of the shots, whether it be like kind of over the shoulder quick or just like straight up, like especially at that dinner table in the, in the supper scene, I know I'm jumping over uh, the place when she was alone, all of a sudden, when yeah. she was alone, all of a sudden between the two windows, the symmetry of it all. Un fucking believably beautiful shot. Poignant. Um, same. I mean, that shot very specifically was one for me that jumped out as well. Yeah, and I mean, I the, like, oh, having shit. the snow in the back and the uh, around mm-hmm. the area, having it be set in an old farmhouse where it's like a hundred years old, and you know, you kind of just with the whole basement, and it's just, it was really, I was really kind of uncomfortable a lot of the time, and rightfully <laughs> yeah. so because reading on it, uh, I read an interview on IndieWire.com. Um, where the uh, gentleman interviewed Charlie about just all the questions that we had, and a lot of them were my questions. And so a lot it was very clarifying in terms of um, what the movie was supposed to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will let, I don't know, if, when you, <laughs> I've been talking a lot, so. Oh, um, so Caleb, you picked it. Um, I assume you've seen all of Fled Coppins' movies, or a lot of them? Yeah, so it's so interesting and, like, reassuring to me, because he had, like, a really long career as like a staff writer on like TV and like for stuff before he got to make the things we know of him as he is like, um, he was like writing things that weren't very impressive or, or as cerebral or experimental. And then 
Spike Jones found his script for being John Malkovich and then they made that and then <laughs> you know you know Michelle Go- Michelle Gondry makes Eternal Sunshine and he sort of like becomes who he is um and then you know adaptation another collaboration with Spike Jones and then he has also directed two of his scripts Synecdoche New York starring the late Philip Seymour Hoffman and uh this like stop motion puppet movie called Anomalisa um, mm. which was on my video of the best films of the last decade. Um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of like familiar with his style. Mm. Uh, and I also had read this book like oh, just really? on my own. And, and incidentally, I had read the, I'm thinking of anything's novel by Ian Reed, which, and like when you read that news report that Charlie Kaufman's going to do the adaptation, you're like, perfect. Could not think of a better person to tackle this, but it's just so interesting. Uh, anytime you adapt a, a text, you can't really do a one-to-one thing. Like it's just it's different mm. mediums from like page to screen. Like you can't do everything a hundred percent directly and be faithful. You just can't. Um, Why is that? Cause they're different mediums. Like it's just, you know, a, a 300 plus page book is just paced differently and structured differently than a two hour movie. You know, there's, there's, things you have to create for a dramatic through line. Um, You know, you have to do different things with characters, but what Charlie was able to do is take that thought process of like a, of like a narrator for a book, like a first person Mm -hmm. narrator and externalize it and make it interesting to watch visually by having the young woman like narrate essentially uh, her thoughts, but then they would be interrupted by, you know, Meth Damon and don't uh, do that. Tony Collette. Just, don't and, do that. Uh, don't do that. Don't do what? Because because show some respect. Don't do that. <laughs> he's great, I, but he's from Breaking Bad, and he looks like Matt Damon. He's Matt Damon. See, but <laughs> like, that also know, almost you... is like just saying he's from Breaking Bad is not really fair to Jesse Plemons in that he has been in everything forever. <laughs> Yeah, but he got famous from Breaking. Bad. I, he got famous from like Mike. It's funny because when first I first of all, okay, yeah, when he's oh my god, a little bow wow. That's what we should. Let's just have this be a like Mike discussion. Um, Don't open that no. door because I'll go off for an hour because that's the best movie ever made. <laughs> but I, but but <laughs> sorry, my point my point was I thought that this was a phenomenal adaptation of the source material. Uh, I felt that like tonally and thematically, it was very faithful but he still managed to put his own creative stamp and spin on things. Charlie did. He like made it his, his own unique way of telling that story. And I think that's very impressive yeah. to be able to do both of those. Well, things. I'm really interested to, um, to, to talk about the general, I mean, the general ending and the idea of the ending, especially with the fact that you've read the book. So that is yeah. interesting to me. And I definitely want to get a little more information on that. Cause I'm sure it's less, uh, abstract in the book or i have to assume it's a little less abstract <laughs> um so i had never i mean i've, I've seen spotless mind i've seen being john malkovich but other than that i don't think i've seen any kaufman movies uh, definitely nothing he's directed mm-hmm. so i didn't i didn't know what i was getting into at all you know um we had talked about it a little bit before i knew that people's uh perceptions of it were very split uh people either seem to love it or hate it um mm-hmm. I was excited to watch it. The very first scene, not even the first scene, the opening scenes, the opening shots. And I was watching it, you know, on a, uh, you know, Google Chromebook. It's not a great screen, but they were so <laughs> beautifully shot that 
Yeah. What were you going to say? What are you saying? Just sorry. You reminded me. The cinematographer, you reminded me to bring this oh, up. Oh, please. Shot Cold War. Oh, fuck yes. Amazing. Yeah. Which is a movie Brandon, movie Brandon and I both really loved, liked from a couple loved years it, ago. Loved it. Um, it was nominated for Best Foreign Film, I think, last year at the Oscars or two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Pavel Palagorsky. Well, was absolutely, absolutely wonderful film. But yeah, so the, the even the opening shots were... They were so uh, so odd and weird and nothing I had seen before. So that grabbed me immediately. Mm-hmm. And then you have the lead actress start speaking and she's absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> all of her dialogue, if I'm if I'm mistaken, please let me know. But all of her dialogue is seemingly um, uh, it quotes from other shit from the majority of the movie when she's talking to herself, which I fucking loved because it it gave yeah. her this way of speaking that was so narrative. And, and even getting into that, the, she was, she blew my fucking mind. The directing blew my mind. I mean, I absolutely loved it. I'm now planning on going back through and watching all the Coffin movies in the next two days because I think he might be. Well, my, and, yeah, I mean, yeah. he might be my yeah. favorite director after seeing that. I've never looked at myself as somebody who would be able to do that well in that kind of uh, great work in an abstract film like that. But then when you watch something like that, you're like, oh, there's nothing to do with anything. It's this the through lines for the actors, everything is there. The characters are there and you have a director that and a writer who's just going off in the best way. I mean, it was yeah. the first movie I've watched in a long time that I felt very much was art and was very inspiring and uh, wanted, no, made me want to change the way I go about thinking about films and movies. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, th- I mean, that's great. I, what's interesting about what you brought up about her doing the voiceover the whole time and following her character. Cause in the book, he mentions that the she doesn't actually like that character doesn't actually exist. It's all in the fucking spoilers. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. Spoiler I know it's just like I, I was like we're not going any preamble. So all right, so I read the book. No, because that goes into all the layers that I want. I want to peel back the time. No, we have, have to. We have to. We I just to wasn't expecting you to to do it with no <laughs> warning. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but yeah, you can't t- you can't talk about this movie without talking about all this. So, stuff. spoiler alert uh, for whatever uh which one is is not real in the reality so for in i'm gonna i'm gonna speak i'm gonna speak about from the book and then how i think it was how i think it was translated well to the screen the book uh is mostly the car ride to the house okay um which in the film takes about a half hour maybe a little maybe 35 minutes and then you have a, a section of the house meeting the parents, and then you have the section at the school. Um, it is made apparent through uh, little interludes between the chapters uh, that an event has happened. Okay. Someone, someone has done something, and it's horrible. And the community, this community or whatever community, has is like talking about the person who did the thing um, in a negative way. Right. As you go along, it becomes apparent uh, that things are definitely not <laughs> as they seem. Uh, it's still the young woman who is meeting Jake's family for the first time. She's thinking about breaking up with him uh, for all of the same reasons that are established in the film. Meets the parents. Uh, they're also fucking insane. Uh, I think that Tony Collette and David Thewlis did excellent jobs portraying them. Absolutely wonderful. And then they go to the school, they go to the ice cream store and then they go to the school and then uh, Jake disappears into the school and the young woman chases after him. And it comes out that they are both, the whole scenario was imagined by the 
older uh-huh. version of Jake, who is who is the janitor in the film. I believe the janitor yeah. character and imagining what his life could have been if he had had the courage to talk to that woman at the bar all those years ago. Um, it becomes uh, this sort of odd psychedelic horror thing in the in the novel uh, where the female character melds back into existence with <laughs> Jake and uh, it's implied that the as the older janitor he commits suicide and that's like the act um, that the people in the book are referring to as being horrible um, that he the janitor the school janitor mm-hmm. like killed himself in the broom closet um, so what I think that the book or sorry, the film did well by having one of the first characters we see be that janitor mumbling to himself as he looks at Jesse Buckley. Yeah. Uh, and we cut to him throughout the film. I think that it reinforces that like, he's just like imagining this whole thing mm-hmm. happening um, based on memories, based on aspirations, fantasies, how he wanted his life to turn out, how he wishes he could talk to people and be smart and you know, have a family and a and an attractive girlfriend. And um, are we to assume and, uh, that he's also going through like deep dementia and Alzheimer's as well, like the the character the dad was? I mean, I think that's definitely something that is in the text of the film, and you can interpret mm-hmm. that way. I think that 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 that's there. Um, I personally look at it more as just like if you're at the end of your life. And you have all of these regrets. Like, how does that manifest? Right. Like, yeah. How does that? How do you wish for things? Like, what do you want? How do you go about imagining a life for yourself that you wanted but never got? And I think that if it's like strictly, strictly just like not mental illness, but like a condition like dementia, I think that's less interesting if that's the only thing. But I think that's a, a worry of his. I think he's worried that that's going to happen to him because then he loses these memories or, it, or, or like, and he loses this idea to or think. Or is the, you know, dementia, the, um, the cracks in the armor that allows it to start to spell out, you know, that's kind of, like, that, that, that could also like be that's kind of how, it, especially in the film, watching it, um, when, when you do start to see the old man more, when he comes back to the, the truck at the end and starts freaking out, that's kind of, that's how it felt to me was that it, excuse me, it was the, the cracking, it was the breaking point and then it, you know, came through, but sorry to just, jump a little bit it's not even jumping but that scene when you do see him kind of going through everything and the uh Mm -hmm. cartoon oh the uh the superimposed you know animation of the uh old cartoon of the the old uh Mm -hmm. commercial was fucking wonderfully well done um i mean even considering what we were talking about earlier with how much people are using animation in live action and um, using it to juxtapose things. It, I didn't see that coming. It was so out of the blue in a movie that was already so wonderfully weird. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I, for some people that would be a very divisive moment and it would either, you know, make the movie or ruin it for them. That made it for me. I thought it, 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 it made it very clear where this guy was at. And even, you know, before the, the spoilers and stuff, that it made it very clear that this person is the actual point yeah. of view as you're starting to see the world around him changing the fucking animation. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And mind you that like, I'm thinking of ending things is a movie that should be watched. Absolutely. More than once. Like, I think it's, it's safe to say that, that you can't 
you can't just watch it once and you know have your thing about it. You have to watch it again, knowing what you know, so that you can observe and figure it out more. Yeah, and also know? I, you know, to be clear, this is yeah. my interpretation of it based on the book. But like, I think like there's so much going on that like there's probably many things that I did not pick up on. Uh, and I, again, I, yeah, I can't wait to go back and dig deeper into things. Um, you know, even just the subtle nuances in all four of the performances, uh, like I think all four well, of those. I'm so glad you said that. Cause one of the things that really. jumped out to me the most, and I really wanted to talk about, uh, and the speaking of the subtlety of some of their performances. So that the lead girl who absolutely blew me away, I thought she was unbelievable. Um, Can you believe she's Irish. <sighs> I can believe I mean, I can it, believe but no, hair. even more so <laughs> then that makes my next comment even more impressive because what I did want to bring up was when they're back in the car after the house and I can't, oh, I wish I could remember exactly what they're talking about. Um, I want to say that there, it's the review you. of yes, a woman. That's under exactly the what it is. And her about. accent slowly mm-hmm. changes to this like Upper East Side New Yorker and it's yeah, unbelievable. Period accurate. Yeah. It absolutely blew my mind, and I, yeah. and then you're for the first little bit, you're like, "What was that? Is it?" Ch-? And then and then sh- and then yeah, she just like, leans she fully into it, and and it, at that point in the movie, you know, we're what half of the second act, almost in the third act, maybe beginning of third act. So you already know everything's not what it seems. It it just worked so well, and the subtlety of it, 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 it just absolutely fucking beautiful work. There was actually a shot from her side of the window that I thought it was a different it actress. It was. It was. She had it was. Well, there is a different yeah, actress. At one point, it is. Yeah. Because, because she, because yeah. they watched that movie uh, in the, in of the, Rob, which I thought was <laughs> yes, hilarious. The, the shot at Zemeckis. Credit, like, directed by Robert Zemeckis. I fucking died so laughing. I. I thought that was so funny. Um, I have a read there. They asked him that question in the, the, the yeah. IndieWire interview. And he was like, well, it's funny because he would never make a movie like a romantic comedy kind of boy meets girl at diner and whatever. And he thought and, it would be. Funny. And yet he has there some of his films <laughs> like Forrest Gump or like Back to the Future have that like schmaltzy quality to them. Sure. So I think it like does work for both ways <laughs> that you're doing that. But yeah, so that actress who is in yeah. C- who is in The Boys, um, which I thought was hilarious uh, just because we were talking about The Boys earlier. But yeah, she shows up in the car. Um, okay, so I'm not shot. crazy. No, 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 no. Literally, yeah, I saw, I was that, like, that happened. Wait, yeah. that's a different actress. Yeah. And then, and then actually, the a- the actor in that scene as well took me a minute to figure out who he was, but he was the main guy in The Magicians. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I still haven't. I, seen I mean, I, I I enjoyed it, but it was just <laughs> I was just sitting there and I was like, you know, when you you recognize an actor, but they look different than they did in whatever show they like, whatever character yeah. they played for you. So he had super long hair and that and stuff. So I was like, who is that? And I was like, ah, that's who he is. He's that guy. And, you know, that that shot of those two, you know, the rom-com and the diner, like the janitors watching that yeah. movie. Right. Yeah. Like it's a fantasy, you know, designed to make people for escapism. And I think that's just like such a, you know, element of well, the whole movie. I think it's just so smart to like, it's not like nothing's just randomly no, I mean, put in there. Right. Like it's all like relevant. Even to immediately what's after that, the next scene is back at the house and it's the stories now changed of how they met and that they dropped he drops a line about that, you know, like I, I, or yeah. she was or, yeah. ordering, or I mean, she was served, whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah. Well, no. And then that's, and that's kind of what's interesting about this movie of like, after a while you kind of sit there and you go, okay, 
I get it. It's not supposed to make sense 100% right now. I'm just going to let it kind of wash over <laughs> me and just watch it and not make any kind of preconceived notions or judgments or anything on what's going on because it's an obvious vehicle to just it's it's working with something's yeah. in the head, right? What's masterful about it and what going back a second time and watching it will do is that um you know the whole beautiful a beautiful mind scene, the speech that uh Jake mm-hmm. gives, you know, of course watching it with Ryan Ryan's like, hey wait, that's that's completely <laughs> verbatim from a beautiful mind. I was like, well is it? Oh and he's like he's like, yeah, he looks it up. And I'm like, huh, interesting. So obviously it's a there's mm-hmm. a there's a reason for it being in there because no Charlie would never like it's like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna write this scene and it's yeah, gonna be perfect. Know. And all all of a sudden it's like an Oscar winning speech or it's a uh whatever speech. And but but he says, you know, it's but Everything in like Jake's bedroom that she goes and sees, like there is a DVD of a beautiful mind on the on the shelf. That, There's that the book from the the poem, the poem that she recites, where initially you think that mm-hmm. she wrote it, so it's like oh awesome. But then going back and knowing that it's Jake kind of pulling all of these very influential mm-hmm. literature, art, whatever movies from his life, and like interjecting them to the consciousness of the the people that coexist in his psyche i think is great and so it's a it's a nice long game yeah. type of pull, right like you're watching this movie and then all of a sudden you're like you have Very to think back so. to this oh wait even down to to oklahoma being a motif <laughs> in this whole thing with the it. dream ballet like they even throw in a dream ballet because but there's you know the historical uh, uh, very much in what you're talking about what i think kept it exactly like you're saying the long game um and i think it was really impressive was jesse plemons in that had there not been that element of danger to his character of you don't know what he's going to do and you don't know where he falls. And now we know that's because he's not an actual fucking person. Right. So, but the character, as you're watching through the movie, it, it's exactly what you're saying. Like everything's running through him, which we know now, but at the time, as you're watching it, what is going through this guy's head? And you know, something's off. So I think had there not been that element of danger and you're just taking this ride with him and he's like this nice guy, it would have been a very different thing. But I thought that was so, so well done. And that had that not been in there, I don't know that the tension of the movie would have been there at all. Does that make sense? I think, I mean, yeah. I think some of the tension is to the fact of just how awkward <laughs> both be. Like you get it like the, like the facts of the relationship is that they've been dating for a month, six maybe months. six weeks. Six weeks, sorry, six weeks. And no, six she's months. like, yeah, it's not working out. The guy's kind of awkward, like he's nice enough, but like it really, and you can kind of feel that. You, We've all been in those early relationships or we've, we've dated before where it's after six weeks, you kind of know and it's like, okay, maybe I should move on. But then of course, the just the, 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 the weight of meeting the parents, I thought was a really great uh, kind of anchor because then it's like, yeah, now you're stuck. It's a blizzard. You're stuck in these parents. You already know you want to end things and then it's like, and then you're already put in this creepy situation where even what I liked about the the lead the lead the actress she like even with like the dog right, right? the dog of like just keeps shaking just keeps shaking <laughs> and so you kind of know there's like something she is aware that something is not right she is aware throughout the house of the different ages and the time the timeline kind of not mm. being linear but being more kind of just episodic or like kind of blimps in the parents' lives. You know, it's it's Jake being kind of awkward. He doesn't speak a lot. He doesn't have any kind of major like, haha, until the end when he sings um, 
Judd's song from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so good. Also, I wonder if they had a double yeah, singer. If he actually I don't sang. think so. I thought he sang. I think he was actually it. singing. Yeah. That was some pipes. That was one of the things yeah. I wanted to say for sure. And good, good for you, Meth Damon. Farmers. Good for you. <laughs> you just God gotta get it. that in there. <laughs> <laughs> he's fine. He's not bothered. He's he's Do rich and famous. But I find it. He's married but, to Kristen Dunst. But it's interesting because I had to put the subtitles on. Is that true? Yeah. Well, engaged. Sorry. Who? He's married to Kirsten Dunst. Really? Well, that's yeah. awesome. Good, good for him. Uh, no, so he's yeah. doing fine. Good, yeah. good for everyone. Yeah. Good for everyone involved. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I had like to prompt that. some of the um, the subtitles because like I couldn't. Some of the muffle, you know, it's like a lot of things that were happening in the movie I couldn't really understand, so mm-hmm. I had to read it. But but yeah, so it's all it's interesting how you you make a focal point from the 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 janitor going back right. for his life, whatever, and then but create like making the character the woman experiencing real life like an awkward situation, meeting the parents from a boyfriend you've been dating for a month. I thought it was a very great kind of. I would say anchor or kind of so you could follow the person that perk, that character through her situation, even stopping in the middle of blizzard. It's obviously surreal. You know what I mean? Like you, you go what it was supposed to be dairy queen. I read, but they couldn't get the rights to use dairy queen. So they made, well, cause yeah, they have blizzards because when they dump them upside down, like it's very clearly supposed to be dairy queen, but the burr, you know, so funny that like dairy queen is like, no, No, like brands can just be like, no, sorry. (laughs) When it's like sitting here going, are you serious? Like this is like a feature fit. Like it's okay. like Netflix. This is like a big. Like, no, <laughs> right. Um, but like, but you knew because it was just that in the car and like the snow around it. And the same with the school. Everything was isolated in their almost like spotlight. You know what I mean? And for their little segment. So I thought, yeah, I think it was definitely surrealistic. I did. It definitely kind of. Well, I mean, and even that the conversation when they're going up to the school, they're talking about how long the road is, and he starts talking about how everything's colored. Right. Everything and everything memory wise is colored. And when you, you know, because I hadn't yet gotten to the point of thinking about the movie of framing it in the way of everything's this old man's memory. Right. I hadn't made that jump yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But looking at the movie now, as we're talking about it in that framing, it all makes perfect sense. Every conversation in the car, uh, the back and forth, the fact that every conversation focuses around either a deep philosophical point or something that deeply affects that person and it's a back and forth, you know, just as you would be thinking something out. And even more so in the fact that when she's alone in the car freaking out, she's talking in the exact same way as if there's somebody else in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, as we've been talking about it, it's just kind of blowing my mind in the fact that how it was written and how it's all framed. And like, you're 100% right. You know, everything in the movie is like a mem- is a memory that's been colored, you know, by emotions. And it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of unbelievable, man. Like it's really, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm really impressed. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. Just like so imaginative and creative and unique. Um, and like the fact that like, it's all of those things while pulling from all these other things is so insane to me. Mm -hmm. Like it's so infused with references to like literature, film arts, like because of, you know, that's what this, this, man like this has absorbed throughout his life um but it that could so easily just be a series of references to things and come off like tacky yeah but Mm. it's but this film has so much personality still despite Mm. it being a collage almost i think it's like i don't know anyone else who could pull that off you know what i mean like besides charlie he's just he's a genius and and that's a genius 
<laughs> so good. So yeah. good. Have you ever guys tried playing Trivial Pursuit? It's awful. Uh, yeah, I, I hate I playing Trivial Pursuit. I yeah, just, fuck it, that. That genus for... Oh, I'm sorry. Tony Collette, like... Yeah, she's yeah, one of my favorite yeah. actresses. She's and I, I, I know that they're going to do her bad just like they did her in 2018 for Hereditary. But, like, I know that she's not going to get... Well, I don't know. Actually, no movies have come out this year. So maybe she will get Best Supporting Actress nomination yeah. because there's just no competition. <laughs> well, well, I thought... I mean... It also this is one of those movies that's either going to get nominated for everything or nothing, or nothing. Yeah. I totally. I, I feel like it's got a decent amount of attention. I think it'll get screenplay nomination. It should get cinematography. I think feel like um, even like edit. No, I don't even know what editing. Is. I editing. I think, dude. I think editing for sure. I mean, I thought some of the yeah. the like the cuts and the way that the scenes were were edited together were so different. You know what I mean? Like, I think last year Ford versus yeah. Ferrari won for editing, which again, awesome <laughs> and. <laughs> what did you just say? You just what did you just I say? He just said. Have you seen it? It was fucking great. It was okay, but sorry, we're not talking about that. We're talking about <laughs> anyways. But, but, but my point being, right? Like that's a very you know kind of right down the middle movie, and that one for editing. Like, I don't know how you don't give it to something like this when they're doing such creative artistic shit. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah no, I definitely I, I feel like it's definitely worth its its weight. It's one of those things that kind of sticks with you and. um warrants itself for multiple viewings and kind of sitting on it and thinking about it. it's not just your typical uh you know watch one and done and be like yeah cool that was great you know you can't yeah. digest it in one and i think that's that's where <laughs> i think it gets it's it'll get its accolades stuff like that you know oh oh yeah that's like cool. i i think when the eventual numbers come out from netflix you know for like its first month and stuff you're gonna have people like watching this over and over again <laughs> yeah yeah dethrone Fucking The Office is the most rewatched thing on Netflix. It's it, you know uh, what the this. you know what the number one show is on Netflix through their rating system. Um, because it's I guess it's like weekly number ones, right? Or how many days you've been number one for? It's Umbrella Academy. Uh, when season two oh. came out, yeah, it like it hit like I, I can't remember if it's number of days or number of weeks, but it, yeah, it, it took over as the number one show on Netflix. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, people like that show. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Also, the with. Uh, this is totally different, but with the boys and Umbrella Academy, they they both film here, so there's also like a vested interest. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Toronto's every, <laughs> every nice. city. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's. Um. So I mean, there are simultaneously so many things that we could keep talking about, but also I don't know what else I could say because everything is just like I loved this. I loved this. This was really smart. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't really feel like taking time to like explain everything. So I feel like everybody who's you just have to listening watch it. Just or go watching, watch it, just go movie, watch please. it. You know, watch it and and yeah, and think about it. I, I think that's across <laughs> the board for all of us. Is the go watch it? Just you gotta watch it. If you love film, you gotta watch it. Yeah, I mean, even like I, he did. Uh, Charlie did say that. Please take the time to watch the the credits. Um, I did not. I after a while, I was like, I was kind of like, oh. Finally, it's over. Whatever. Let's talk about it. <laughs> but he does say there are a lot of nods and a lot of like, they do bring up all the references, mm. all the points, things that maybe you thought like, why did that go in there? Right. Special thanks to to the director and that little, the the name that he brought up. Robert Zemeckis. Robert. Uh, <laughs> his little special it makes me laugh him. so hard. It's um, such a funny joke. I thought what one interesting tidbit with the uh, A Beautiful Mind monologue speech was that Charlie himself, like personally did not get permission. Like he didn't reach out to get permission to get that but he's like he sits there and he goes 
Well, obviously, Netflix got permission because I we were able to use it. It's in it. the movie. So, it's the movie. so that means that somebody uh, got permission somewhere. I, he's like, I personally didn't reach out because I was like, well, but. Yeah, they, have a, they have a legal so, team. It's fun. Who wrote, who yeah. directed A Beautiful Mind? Oh, I, fuck, I know this. I know this, and I'm going to look it up. I feel like it was it's I somebody know. it's somebody who's we watched because Beautiful Mind came up in one of our podcasts recently. So it's, it's it must be a director that we watched something of recently. Yeah, it's Ron Howard. I fucking knew it. Oh um, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, I think um, we, we had we went on a whole Ron Howard conversation at one point. <laughs> I, but yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? I what do you guys think? I went first last time on the ratings. <laughs> I don't. All right, Brandon. I'm gonna let Brandon go. Yeah, all right. I'll go first on the ratings. I uh, I'm gonna give it a five, man. I'm gonna give it a five. Uh, Five. Wow. Yeah, it it absolutely blew me away. Um, I wasn't watching it just as a movie. I mean, I, first of all, I wish I'd seen it in theaters. Um, you know, next time I'm watching, I'm gonna project it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, across the board, across the board for me, um, it's it's gonna turn out to be one of my favorite movies as I rewatch it. Uh, the two leads were unbelievable. Uh, they, you know, the subtlety in the work, as we talked about, was absolutely ridiculously high end the the way it was shot i'd never seen anything like it um and just this point of view and artistic and creative and something i've never seen before and uh that's yeah. that's what gets me going you know so like i left watching well, that film with a new perspective on what we do yeah that's amazing yeah i think that's that's great i i think i'm still marinating in it a little bit i'm gonna give it a four just because it is not my cup of tea in terms of mm. movie storytelling, whatever, but I 100% love this conversation. And and from an, an academic point of view, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go watch it again and really kind of <laughs> study it because it is a it is a, a very fun, well put together movie. Yeah. So I'll give it a four. Nice. Yeah, I uh, I gave it a four point five. I gave it a 4.5. I am positive that if when I go back to rewatch it again, I'll probably end up liking it more. <laughs> Not that I didn't like it, but I, I just, you know, I need to sit. Yeah, I need to like marinate with it and sit with it more. I think after this conversation, I'm, I'm more ready to like give it a five. Oh, there, I mean, there's Fuck so it, I give it a five. <laughs> <laughs> there's, but that's wow. the thing, right? There's so much. Like, there's so what? much I, I realized about the movie that sounded. in this discussion as we were talking about it, you know? So it's yeah. just uh, that's the yeah. thing, you know? It's not like when we did 100%, like, and, yeah. and again, like this is one of my favorite movies, but it's not like when we did a Knight's Tale and it was like, all right, so Heath Ledger, badass is shitting it, <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. just a different, yeah. uh, different thing. I guess um, you, yeah. Uh, speaking of, so I guess it's my pick for next movie. It is. Yes. All right. Well, then with the new Dune trailer coming out, let's do the OG Dune. I haven't seen it. Oh, it's been I'm on my so list. Excited. <laughs> I mean, Caleb, you Great. told me to watch it years ago and then we because we were talking about the the documentary about the other dune yeah. movie that is apparently really good yeah. so i'm gonna try to watch that as well but yeah that'd be fun i, I so wait so, so what version are we doing for there's the david lynch's so, that david one. dune lynch. yeah and there's there's a film from a few years ago called yodorowsky's dune which is a documentary about alejandro yodorowsky trying to adapt dune into a film and it, it never mm-hmm. got made mm-hmm. um I, it's a wonderful fucking documentary, I, and I think like if you if we can watch that, we should watch that as well. But like definitely Dune uh, by David Lynch. Yeah, right. Yeah, 
Uh, and I think that's. I think it's everywhere. Like I know. I know it's on Netflix uh, here. Yeah, I'm I sure. Think it's, yeah, I'm sure. So definitely. All right, well, cool guys. A wonderful podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Yeah, thanks for signing and listening. Um, as, as everybody knows, thank you for listening. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, uh, do all the whole social media business. Um, you know, this episode should be out next week. Next week, Tuesday. Yeah. Um, keep keep uh, follow me at stir underscore Joshua on Instagram and Joshua Stir. On Facebook, I like to put up some photos and updates while I'm editing and stuff like that to keep people post, you know, in the loop of when we're doing our our thing. And we're still trying to figure it out, uh, doing these all these new media video live stuff. So stay tuned. Bear with us. But um, where can we find y'all? Uh, you can find me at Brandon Colin McPherson on Instagram um, and go to the postsession.com and buy some clothes uh, if you're. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> geeky person or a nerd or like comic books or anime like we do go to thepostsession.com and you will find all of the fun anime clothing and geeky clothing that you can find wonderful yeah uh if you're on letterboxd which everybody should be if you like movies uh i'm letterboxd slash cjc asds and also uh by the time this comes out so the 17th the 19th and the 20th Please uh, join the Digital Shakespeare Company on Twitch for our production of Macbeth. I'm really proud of it. I think it's going to be something worth worth checking out. It's free. so Wonderful. Like always, stay safe. Uh, thank you for listening. Yeah. Right, bye. Bye. <laughs>